Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 165 of Sorta Awesome. And thank you guys so much for continuing on with us through the year of the awesome, where we are all about not just saying that we are the awesomes, but actually becoming awesome people for ourselves for our families, for the world around us, all about becoming smarter, stronger, and more social this year through Sorta Awesome. So speaking of Instagram, which I just mentioned, don't forget that Instagram really is a great place to connect with us in your pursuit of becoming smarter and stronger and more social. Every week, we give you a heads up when there are new episodes of Sorta Awesome that have dropped. Also on Fridays, we are now opening up to the awesomes of Instagram to come and share with us about your awesome of the week. We do funny memes. We do little full inspiration quotes, just all the awesome things that you want to find on Instagram. Come join us because we've got it going on on Instagram for Sorta Awesome. So again, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, we would love to add you to our Instagram community over there. So just look for us. We're over there at Sorta Awesome Show. All right. Like I said, this is episode 165. I am so excited. First of all, I'm super excited about the month of October on Sort of Awesome because you guys, this month, we're just going to have fun. Last month in September, we talked a lot about like making sure that our routines and our systems are in place and that we're doing sometimes hard work of real authentic self care. Like we just were kind of doing some real practical, let's realign our lives and ourselves for this sort of second new year that September brings to us. But in October, and sort of awesome, we're going to do something that I could talk about endlessly. We're going to be talking all about fun things in pop culture. We're going to be exploring the awesomeness of pop culture in October on this show. We have some surprises in store. We have some fun things. We have some old favorites, all kinds of stuff coming up this month, you guys. So I'm super excited about today's show because we're welcoming back to the show someone who has now become a sort of awesome regular and somebody that I talk to at length. So it's so fun to actually, you know, turn on our mics and kind of have these official conversations. But we're welcoming back to Sort of Awesome today, my sister, Emily Harris. Emily, welcome back to Sort of Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, awesomes. So fun to have you back because today we are like actually putting on tape or recording a conversation that you and I talk about a lot. <laughs> we do. We really do. And that's what we're like watching on Netflix. We are constantly like, have you watched this? What did you think of this? We basically kind of remotely watched, I think, all of Orange is the New Black together. Like we would watch oh, and yes. discuss, watch and discuss, watch and discuss. Right. So today we're kind of doing this deep dive, like the ultimate guide to making Netflix awesome. We've done some research. We're going to give you some facts and figures and tips and pointers and just like all kinds of stuff, all about the awesome of Netflix. It's sort of like a Netflix deep dive, but we're going to take an awesome spin on it. So we're going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It's the moment in the show where we share with you 
for example, the Netflix binges or the movies or the music or podcast products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome for us this week. Emily, I cannot wait to hear. You always have some kind of awesome recommendation. I can't wait to hear what you brought for us this week. Okay, so my awesome of the week is, well, let me go ahead and tell you that my eyelashes, I think you have this problem too. My eyelashes naturally are short and blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even when I put two layers of mascara on, like we were not blessed with the awesome eyelashes in our family, in our DNA. We were not blessed with awesome eyelashes. That is so true. So during my semi-annual dermatologist appointment, I asked my dermatologist about Latisse. Now, do you know what Latisse is? I only know because you've kind of mentioned it in passing, but I kind of know what it is. But tell us a little bit more about it because I am not super familiar with it. Okay, so it's a prescription solution and you use an applicator. It's just a liquid and you put it on the base of your eyelashes every night before you go to bed and it helps them grow and it works so well. Oh, when you say it helps them grow, Does it help you grow new lashes or it makes the ones you already have grow longer? Both. Oh. Yes. It actually does a couple of things. It makes your lashes darker. Okay. It makes them grow. It grows broken ones. I mean, it is amazing. Mm. And I use it every night before I go to bed. Now, I will tell you the caveat. It is really expensive. I was going to ask, what's the price point? I don't want to say how much it is, but I will... It's that expensive. But I will tell you that one little tiny vial of yeah. drops, they're supposed to last you a month, but I use one drop for both eyes mm-hmm. and I can get one vial to last me two and a half months. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's good then. And you know me about mascara. I am always, always finding new mascara. So what I've started doing, yeah, I think I got this mascara in either an Ipsy box or a Playbox from Sephora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's by Thrive Cosmetics. Okay. C-A-U-S-E. Okay. Cosmetics. Uh-huh. And it's called Liquid Lash Extensions. Oh. And let me tell you, it is my favorite mascara probably that I have found in years. I mean, oh it gosh. is absolutely amazing. So with the combination of the Latisse yeah. and, you know, this new Thrive Mascara, my eyelashes are just popping. Let me tell you. Which is so fun when like me and you, we both have this problem. We've gone our whole lives with having like kind of skimpy lashes. And right. We both have, I think, tried almost every mascara on the Oh my goodness. Market. Have we? I mean. Trying to find the magical unicorn mascara that will help yes. our sad little lashes. Listen, yes. when, I don't think I've ever told you this. When I was pregnant with Daisy and I found out that she was going to be a girl, uh-huh. the dumbest thing ever. I can specifically remember praying, literal singing (laughs) actual prayers to God in heaven above (laughs) that my girl child would have her father's eyelashes and not my goodness. And that prayer worked, I'm here to tell you. I remember looking at her when she was a baby and going, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous of this child's eyelashes. All four of my kids got the Teats lashes and not the Harris lashes. And they don't even know how to be grateful for that. They were born with them. And I'm like, so lucky. Okay, so we're talking magical combination for lashes here, the Latisse. Let me just ask you this. I won't pry, even though I might ask you off mic later, but the Latisse. Is it plus or minus $50 for a vial? Oh, it's much more than $50. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) But like I said, it lasts me almost three months, a good two and a half months. Okay. Okay. If I had to buy it every month, there's no way I could afford it. Okay. For sure. Right. Right. On your teacher's salary where you're rolling in the cash. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the Latisse plus the Thrive Cosmetics. Tell me the name of the lash, the mascara again. It is liquid lash extensions. Okay. Now that's yes. so funny because I have seen, Instagram must know that I have the problems with the mascara and the eyelashes because I get a lot of Thrive ads in my Instagram feed. And I'm always like, is oh. this real? Is this work? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. I love it. Okay. Well, we'll put links in the show notes to those. I'm kind of surprised that you went with a cosmetic recommendation. I was just sure you were going to share about your new mushroom foraging hobby. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. That is hilarious. So just a little side note. Uh-huh. Those of you awesomes that live in North Texas, I don't know if you're experiencing this, but we've had so much rain and so many cloudy days. Mushrooms are popping up everywhere. Yeah, my no, we have them here too. Yeah, okay. they're all over the place here too. Yeah. Okay. And I have, <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> There's something very satisfying about picking them. Uh-huh. And of course, now hold on. Of course, there is a Facebook group mm. about identifying mushrooms. Okay. Because there are so many different species. Yeah. And I have actually joined the group. I've asked them. I have found out what mushrooms are growing on the property of my apartment complex. Now, interestingly enough, wait, I wait, 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 tell. wait. So you're saying that you like take the mushrooms and you take a picture and then you go to this yep. Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Where there's other oh. mushroom and wild mushroom enthusiasts. enthusiasts. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I can't figure out if the people in this group are scientists or maybe hallucinogenic enthusiasts. Oh I don't God. know. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> not that I would ever eat a wild mushroom just because I'm not really a big mushroom eater. But it is kind of funny to see some of the comments that are in this Facebook group. Oh let me gosh. tell you. And so then you, so you're like, what is this? And then people can just like look at it and be like, oh, that's blah, 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 kind of. Oh, absolutely. Now they will kind of get into like some arguments about, well, no, I think it's this. Well, I think it's this. So it's kind of interesting because there are so many different species Mm. of mushrooms. I didn't know any of that, but you know what? There is a Facebook group for every person. There really is. And every hobby and every interest. So I'm glad that that also has been awesome for you. That's so fun. Yes. Okay. My awesome of the week. I am very excited to tell you about Emily. I have been biting my lip and not saying a word to you about this all week because I knew I was going to save it for this awesome of the week segment. Okay. I'm let's so hear excited it. to tell you. I have a new podcast binge. It is not Serial 3, although I am listening to Serial 3 and I think it's going to be fantastic. I know there's mixed reviews and people are like, oh, you know, they wanted more of season one style and whatever. I think season right. three is going to be fantastic, but that's not my awesome of the week. My awesome of the week is a podcast from CBC News out of Canada called Escaping Nexium. Have you heard okay. about this at all? No, I have not. Okay. It just dropped last month in September. So it is a combination of true crime, cult. It's a cult that actually formed around an MLM, a multi-level marketing company. Does oh, that not sound like the- I am interested already. Uh-huh. Doesn't that sound like the intersection of everything that we love to talk about? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So here's the deal. It's hosted by a man named Josh Block. Again, he works for CBC News in Canada. And this podcast, it's called Uncover and Escaping Nexium series. There is this man, Keith Rainier, who from basically like teenagehood on kind of styled himself as this guru type person. Okay. And how he kind of cycled through some ideas to form. He knew that he wanted to basically have a setup where it was MLM style, like he would bring people in and they would do the work and he would gain the profit from it. But oh my goodness, this one goes super dark. This is darker than anything you've ever heard about an MLM company because it truly grew this cult around it. So the sort of like context for the narrative, for the storytelling is that Josh Block, the host, he has this friend from childhood named Sarah, who he grew up with or whatever. Well, she got caught up in this and then Last year, they bumped into each other and he was like, hey, so yeah, I work for CBC News now. And she was like, well, I just left a cult. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He was like, tell me more. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Now, listen, it's intense. If you listen to the first episode, there's some dark stuff. It is disturbing in some ways, especially the cult-like stuff. There's some dark things happening in this story. So if you're a highly sensitive person, listen to the first episode. If you can make it through the first episode, I think you'll do fine with it. But it is intense. It's definitely got that true crime element. It's fantastic storytelling. It's absolutely fascinating. I cannot stop listening to it. Yes. Now, the weird thing about Nexium, Nexium, when most of us, like especially Americans here, Nexium, we think of like the heartburn medicine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's too funny. But the way that Nexium is stylized, it's in. X-I-V-M, and they call it Nexium. So go figure. I don't know. Sure. Okay. So anyway, I got the recommendation in the sort of awesome hangout group. You know, we often talk about what's good for listening right now in podcasts in the hangout group. And a couple of awesomes were like, is anybody listening to this? I need to debrief. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, I have not listened, but I am on it. And I am binging my way through it. It is super fascinating. It's called Escaping Nexium. I don't want to say much more about it because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Oh, goodness. But it's very interesting. And Emily, I think you especially would love it because like I said, it's like at the intersection, you and I both love True Crime Obsessed. We love that podcast. We love all of the discussions of the documentaries and things that they do. And we also are fascinated by cults. And so this has everything. It has a little something for everybody. (laughs) Yay. I can't wait to listen to it. So you guys can find that. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Y'all can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So All right. Our awesomes of the week. You know, every single week we open up the floor for you guys, the awesomes to tell us what's awesome in your life. And a lot of times we pick up on new awesomes to add to our lives too. So like I said, over on Instagram, we do that every Friday. It's sort of awesome show. You can find us over there talking about our awesomes of the week. And our longstanding, long running tradition is to do this in our sort of awesome hangout group on Facebook. So please do come and join us and tell us about your awesome of the week over there. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. Awesomes, I am so excited that so many of you have one less thing on your worry list because you took my word for it and checked out the aluminum free deodorant that actually works. And it's a safer alternative to the deodorant you had been using. It really is a total game changer. In fact, Kapari is so committed to bringing safer alternatives to your deodorant that they're currently running a campaign, The Truth Stinks, about aluminum and all the reasons you don't want it in your deodorant. We love that it fights odor with plant-based actives such as sage oil and coconut oil, and it will outlast your longest days. I've been wearing it all summer. I promise you it's true. This is Kapari's number one selling product. They really can barely keep it in stock. Most importantly, it is free of silicones, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, and baking soda, so it's great for even the most sensitive of skin. Reordering it is so easy with Kapari's deodorant subscription. Just choose how often you want to receive it. They ship it out to you automatically for free so you never run out of deodorant again. And of course, Kapari offers a money-back guarantee. There's really no reason not to try it. Kapari has a special deal for the awesomes because they, you know, that we've been loving it so much. Go to kaparibeauty.com awesome to make the safe switch today and save $5 off of your first order when you subscribe. That's kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com awesome, kaparibeauty.com awesome to make the safe switch today. Okay, well, like I said at the top of the show, we are doing a deep dive into all things. Netflix is such a pervasive part of our culture now, not just in our country, but around the world. Netflix has really taken a huge place in our cultural communal conversations about entertainment. It started out as a DVD to your door service. And now they have, you know, tons and tons of Netflix original programming, not to mention make it possible for us to stream shows, you know, from our childhood and our youth that we love. So we thought it would be so fun because Emily and I do talk about Netflix together a lot. We thought it would be so fun to share our own ideas and perspectives on how we make Netflix awesome for ourselves. And I know this is going to open up so much conversation with our community. You guys can help us to make Netflix even more awesome. So Emily, I thought it would be fun, first of all, before we really get into dissecting like Netflix and some of the stats and figures and research and there are our own recommendations, I thought it'd be fun. Let's just kind of tell our own personal histories with Netflix. Like when do you remember starting to watch? Did you start with the DVD rentals or did you go straight to streaming? Tell me about your history with Netflix. So I guess I was kind of maybe a little bit later than most people. I didn't start getting DVDs until about 2009. Oh, is that later? I thought that that was... I feel like they it start is. Even. I, I don't know. Remember. Well, I will tell you this. Okay. Not a lot of people know this, but when Netflix first started, they were actually selling DVDs over the internet. Oh. Yes. I didn't know that. And they started in 1998. Are you serious? We were still in college then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I graduated from college in 99. They were yep. selling DVDs. They were what, selling DVDs. We had DVDs in 1998. <laughs> yeah. We were exactly. Do you know how much DVD players were back then? How much? They were $200. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? 
I can. I do remember it being like a big deal when you got a DVD oh, player. Because we were still going to Blockbuster and renting our VHS tapes. Oh, absolutely. Back in those days. I mean, I don't even have DVD player anymore. I don't either. I don't okay. need one. Okay. So you think you started in 2009? I know yes. it was later than that for me, but go ahead. Okay. So I started in 2009. I loved the idea of unlimited rentals just for a monthly mm-hmm. fee. And mm-hmm. that was probably the most enticing thing about it when, you know, back then. Sure. Yes. So yeah, I started with that. And then I want to say it was around, what, 2011, 2012, uh-huh. where they started actually yeah. doing streaming. the streaming. So, okay. That's so interesting because I thought, I just didn't even realize that you had been using it for that long. I can remember, we probably started in like 2011. And the reason that we even signed up, and this was with the DVD shipping service, which by the way, did you know that Netflix does still have that mail order DVD service? Oh, yes, they do. Like 3 million people still subscribe to it. I did not know that. Yep. I just didn't realize because you never really hear people talking about that anymore. It's like, I don't know, $7.99 a month to do that, I think. And I did some reading on this. I was like, who are these people? Who's still renting DVDs? Because again, we don't have a DVD. I have one on my computer, on my MacBook. Uh But everything else that we watch is through Roku, really. So they're streaming on our regular TVs. But the thing about the Netflix DVD is like, if you want to watch new releases, particularly of movies, like the real new releases, Mm -hmm. you can still do that through their DVD mail service. Like That's amazing. I would guess it's kind of like Redbox in the sense that you can get something faster. Right. And also, I went to lunch with my friend Vanessa yesterday, and I told her this. I was like, did you know people still rent DVDs from Netflix? And we were just talking about it. And she said, I wonder if that service appeals more to people that are in more rural areas, like if they don't have quick access to a Redbox or some other place where they can get new releases on DVD more quickly. And I was like, oh, that's something to think about. I hadn't thought about that. But yes. 3 million subscribers still to Netflix's DVD service. Anyway, we started with renting the DVDs through Netflix because I have this long-standing, like, sorry, not sorry, but one of my favorite TV series ever is True Blood, which came on HBO. Mm-hmm. And we started watching it in season three on HBO. And I was like, I really need the backstory here. What happened? Well, at the time, there wasn't really streaming to go back and watch HBO's back catalog, but you could get it through Netflix. And so we started with renting the back seasons of True Blood through Netflix. But we did not do the DVDs for very long because it was not long after that. I think you're right. Like 2011, 2012 Mm -hmm. is when they started doing the streaming service. And the very first show that we binged. And of course, we call it binges now. But when we first started doing this, a lot of people called it marathoning. I don't know if we stopped calling it because that's just too many syllables and we're too lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. That we, our first Netflix marathon back in 2011, 2012 was Lost. ABC's show. Oh, yes. Lost. I remember you loved that show. Oh my gosh. I loved it. That was our first new experience with watching, we would put the kids to bed. Of course, we only had two kids at the time. We would put the kids to bed, Kyla and I would, and we would stay up until one or two in the morning. I remember watching episode after episode of Lost. Mm-hmm. It's very bingeable. I mean, oh, you know, yes. And we were just obsessed with it. We were like, this is taking over our lives. This was the first time that we realized binging can be really like, it really can take over your life. Oh, absolutely. Do you have any shows like that, that either early on or like even since then that you have like devoted a huge chunk of your life to binging through it? Oh, heavens, yes. The first show I binge watched, like beginning to end, and this this really interfered with my life, Okay, but I don't even care. It was Breaking Bad. Oh, yes. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's- and Friday Night Lights. Okay, that's funny because first of all, Breaking Bad is probably Kyle's very favorite all time, like in the history of television, his favorite series. He loves it. Oh, I, can't, I did not know that. Yeah, you guys should have a debrief of your own about Breaking Bad. I can't watch it. It would be on and I would have to like put headphones on and like read a book or something. It's so intense and so stressful to me. I cannot handle it, but it's his favorite show ever. Wow. But Friday Night Lights, he will not watch because it's like PTSD. PTSD. From his coaching days, football coaching days. So absolutely. That's funny. Anyway, Mm -hmm. it is just 
so interesting. I think we should start a thread to ask people what their very first Netflix binge was because we should. I think it tells you a lot <laughs> about Doesn't a person's it? taste and interest and like even the era in time when they kind of started streaming and marathoning through shows. So right. So fun. Okay, well, let's talk about your current Netflix usage. First of all, are you a cord cutter? Have you ditched cable? Or are you still a cable subscriber? So I have been a cord cutter in the past. Okay. But I missed it so much that I got cable back. Are you serious? I'm so serious. You know me in TV. I love I know, TV you, so much. You do enjoy the TV. What did you miss from cable? I'm so curious about this. I missed my local channels. Okay. You know, my ABC girl. My ABC. Now, I, I know. You know, we have the YouTube Live now or the YouTube TV that has. We'll talk about this in a minute, but we got yes. YouTube TV, except we don't have our local NBC channel. I guess it's one of those things where they can't work out a deal or whatever. Right. So we Probably. do not have local NBC, which kind of stinks. But okay. So you're back and forth. You kind of have an on again, off again, I guess. I do. With cable. Absolutely. I just love, okay. I love cable so much. But I will say that I watch Netflix as equally as I watch cable TV. Interesting. Okay. So we're cord cutters for sure. We haven't had cable. Golly. I feel like the twins were toddlers. Mm -hmm. So it's been some years since we went ahead and ditched cable. Obviously you've been here. You know how TV usage is in my house. It's like all kids shows all the time. (laughs) So we realized, Kyle and I realized like we're not really watching what's on cable anymore. Like if something comes out, also Kyle is deeply, deathly allergic to commercials. He hates commercials. So he would rather wait for a new season of a show that he loves. He'll wait the months that it takes for it to drop and then come on so we can stream it with no commercials. Wow. So anyway, yeah, that's how much he hates commercials. I'm fine. I don't know. It's whatever for me. I'm just like, I'm not that good of a TV person, honestly. So I can go either way. But Netflix, watching a show in the evenings after the kids are in bed, that is definitely kind of a bonding time for Kyle and I. And so we do a lot of Netflix for watching series together. I would say we probably watch, I don't know, it's probably a toss up between Netflix and Prime TV in terms of they're probably like neck and neck for how much we watch and use those streaming services. What about Hulu? Are you a Hulu person? I have Hulu too. Which is interesting because, you know, ABC shows are on Hulu. (laughs) Yes, I know. I just... You have all the services. I have all the services. I need to stop spending so much money on TV entertainment. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, Hulu every now and again, well, they do some original programming like The Handmaid's Tale. And there was another one that we were just watching that was good. I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, they do some original stuff too. So are you a person who has Netflix on kind of in the background while you're doing stuff? Are you a person who's going to like sit down like, I'm all in, I'm totally watching this? Well, you know, honestly, I'm kind of both. Okay. So, you know, my two favorite shows of all time, of my whole life, do you know what they are? I know one of them's Friends. Okay. One of them is Friends. The other one is The Office. Oh, right, right, right. You even have an Office ringtone on your phone. (laughs) I do. It's funny. Yeah. My students love it. I bet they do. (laughs) So I feel like I'm one of the biggest office fans ever. Okay. Or that just makes me a dork. I don't really know. Who knows? (laughs) But when I am doing housework, folding laundry, cleaning, I always have it on friends or the office. Okay. In the background. Right. But also I seek out, you know, documentaries Mm -hmm. and series. I'm a huge Orange is the New Black fan. Right. So I'm kind of in both camps. Okay. Gotcha. I do not usually have the TV on for background noise during the day, but right. like you said, like doing housework, I will sometimes just put on something. I'm so easily distractible though, Emily, like I'll even be like, oh, I'll just turn this documentary on and kind of listen while I clean or whatever. But no, then next thing I know, I'm like sitting on the couch, like forget cleaning. This is fascinating. That's too funny. <laughs> See, I can't do something if it's a documentary or something that I really am interested in, I cannot be doing anything while I'm watching it. Interesting. Okay. Gotcha. Now here's the thing too. Do you have the TV on while you fall asleep? Sometimes I do. 
Okay. You know, it's kind of half and half. Sometimes I'll have it on. When I'm trying to go to sleep at night, I have the worst insomnia. Mm. But sometimes if i falling asleep very easily, I'll go ahead and turn it off. Gotcha. Well, Kyle, ever since I met him in college, has been a TV on to fall asleep person. So he right. has shows that he'll turn on when he, like, we'll be watching a show. I usually fall asleep first, honestly. And mm-hmm. so he'll like switch it over to his sleep show. And so sometimes it'll be like nature documentaries or something. <laughs> oh, gosh, the one that he's on right now is Dexter, which is okay. a show that came on Showtime. Yes. And it's again, it's one of his favorites. He's seen every single episode, like a lot. And mm-hmm. for some reason, Dexter, so it's a story about a serial killer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen it. It's yeah. a great show. It is a good show. There's something about Dexter's voice, like, the actor who plays Dexter, his voice and his voiceover is very calming to Kyle, even though the show is a serial killer. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. So he'll turn on Dexter because he's seen it all. And it kind of lets his mind kind of like relax because he's not watching it. He's seen it a million times. He practically yes. knows the dialogue of all these episodes. Right. So he'll fall asleep watching Dexter. I'll wake up in the middle of the night because it'll be like somebody screaming or something and be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Turn off the whole TV, just turn it off completely. He's long since fast asleep and there's like murder on the TV. Oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. Now, let me ask you this. I don't know if you experience this or if anybody listening to us experiences this. Sometimes I'll watch like a series documentary, for example, The Staircase. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. I loved The Staircase, but also it put me to sleep. So I would always have to like the next day go, wait, where did I fall asleep? Which episode did I fall asleep on? Right. And then I'm like, oh, I have to go back. And it took me so long to finish the staircase. <laughs> because you kept sleeping. <laughs> because I kept falling asleep, <laughs> even though I liked it. I know. Well, I think it's that music and then that just like yes. the tone of voices and stuff. Right. It is kind of sleepy inducing for sure. Right. And then also there's that moment where when you are binge watching, of course, this is like such a shared universal thing where Netflix is like, are you still watching this? I know. <laughs> You're like, yes, Netflix. Stop touching me. Of course, I'm still watching. Oh, goodness. But thankfully, it does do that because if you do fall asleep, that it stops itself eventually. Right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the Netflix algorithm. People, okay. I feel like, have big feelings about the algorithm, the computer program that they use sure. to determine, like, what do you want to watch next? Some people feel like Netflix knows you really well. And then sometimes you can be like, why would you, Netflix, do you even know me? Why would you suggest (laughs) this to me? Oh my goodness. Well, let me tell you. Okay. I feel like next Netflix has me pegged. Really? Okay. I really do. I have no problem with their algorithm. They will recommend, okay, honestly, any real life prison documentary or show, they know I'm going to like. Real life prison stuff? Yes. Like reality tea, prison stuff. Like there's one that I'm watching right now. It's called First and Last. Okay. And it's about people's like certain characters' first days in prison and certain characters' last days in prison. And, and the these are real people. These are real people. Okay. Yeah. It's documentary style. I'll tell you what, man. Netflix has me pegged. I mean, in a sense, Netflix knows you better than I do because I did not know you liked shows like that. <laughs> That's funny. But Netflix does. Oh, yeah. So funny. So does Netflix like then create a whole category of like, hey, Emily, here's a whole bunch of prison shows for you. Absolutely. Prison shows, horror movies, ghost stories, like comedies. I mean, they've got me. Now, this is interesting because you have the privilege of not having to share your Netflix account with anybody. Right. (laughs) So we, of course, do have it split out. The girls each have a Netflix profile. You know, you can do profiles now. Yes. Which they've had that feature for a while. And so they have Netflix profiles. And then the twins have one that's their shared profile. Right. So that Netflix can really hone in because they look at what you like and Uh they engineer what to suggest to you. Right. So the kids have theirs and we also do have their set to Netflix kids so that it kind of, it supposedly filters out some of the things that you would not want your kids to stumble on and start watching. I will say though, that filter is not trustworthy. Oh, there have been, and I can't think of any specific examples right now, but I'll even turn it on 
onto the twins profile and kind of start like searching for a show and a show might come up in the search results is not what I'm looking for. And I'll be like, that is not appropriate. Oh, goodness. A kid's profile. So, you know, parents beware. Don't you cannot trust. I don't think you can trust their filter for sure. Interesting. But so Kyle and I do have, he has his own profile, but we always just use mine. So Netflix's algorithm will, for me, like in my profile, it'll have things like quirky sitcoms, like The Office and Kimmy Schmidt and New Girl, binge-worthy TV mysteries. That's all fine and good. Those are some categories. And then it'll be like, I'm not kidding. This was one of the categories. I was just going through the categories before we started recording so I could see. Mm -hmm. One of the categories they served up to me is violent gangster TV shows. (laughs) (laughs) Based on what Kyle watches, right? Based on Kyle and his love of Kiki Blinders and Sons of Anarchy (laughs) and like all of these very intense shows that I would never watch. Oh my goodness. They're like, here's some more violent gangster TV shows for you, Meg. How about this? Oh my goodness. TV, sci-fi, and horror. Now we both do love sci-fi. I don't like horror at all. And I'm like, Netflix, why? Why would you do this? (laughs) Here's something I found in my research that I think is fascinating. So we know that the algorithm looks at what we have watched, what we've watched all the way through, what we have actually taken the time to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down on. It takes that, it works it all together in the algorithm. But did you know that what the cover art is for each of the shows or movies, they change the cover art based on things that you have liked in the past. Oh my goodness, I did not know that. Yes, you and I could both have suggested to us, let's say for example, the movie Goodwill Hunting could be suggested to both of us. If you are a person who has watched a lot of like romantic things, like romantic comedies or you know, anything that has to do with like people getting together or whatever, then they mm-hmm. may take cover art for Goodwill Hunting that has a picture of like Matt Damon and Minnie Driver kissing, even though that's not a major like plot point in Goodwill oh Hunting. Oh my goodness, I did not know this. But they'll be like, you like stories about people kissing. How about Goodwill Hunting? Oh. And if I am a person who watches a lot of comedy, then they might pull cover art for Goodwill Hunting that's like a picture of Robin Williams because like, haha, Robin Williams is in Goodwill right. Hunting. Again, like it's not like one of his comedic performances or whatever. Yeah. But they're like, hey, Robin Williams is funny. You like comedies. How about Goodwill Hunting? Oh my Isn't goodness. Isn't that crazy? It's sneaky. Yes. It's yeah. very sneaky. We sign our lives over to all of our different platforms in a way. But oh, they're constantly analyzing how we interact with things in figuring out what to serve up next. Now, they don't want to go too far overboard because they don't want you to stop trusting their recommendations. Does that make sense? Yes. So even though they may make some small adjustments to the cover art or to the categories that they're serving you, they do, of course, want you to still be a loyal Netflix customer. They do not want you to get to the point where you're like, oh, I don't even hardly watch Netflix anymore. It doesn't really know me. It doesn't understand me. So it's kind of like a balancing act, I think, for them as they're adjusting their algorithms to decide, like, how can we really, truly get you to stay on as a loyal Netflix customer? There's a lot of psychology in that, man. There really is. And it's doing this all in real time for the well over 100 million subscribers that they have really trying to collect all of this information to all this data. In fact, one article that I was reading about Netflix, I pulled up this sentence because I think this is the truest thing about Netflix I've ever read. I'll put a link. It's from The Thrillist. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read it. But they said, as a Netflix subscriber, you are constantly participating in a range of behavioral experiments. Oh my goodness. To produce data that allows the company to recommend movie and TV shows that they'll think you will like. And I was like, that is the truest thing. It is a constant behavioral experiment that we are willingly participating in with Netflix. Absolutely. So that they can know it's better. What if it's just an experiment? Like what if there's (laughs) really, really some psychologists or sociologists or someone behind this? I will totally be on board with that conspiracy theory. I am there for it for sure. (laughs) My goodness. So yeah, so I would love to hear what you all think about the algorithm. If you feel like it really knows you, you think it's accurate, you think it's 
cuckoo bananas. I'm so curious what other people think about the algorithm. I think it would probably be better for me if I didn't have a shared profile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so again, you have obviously your own Netflix. You know, some people who they're single or whatever, they have their own sign in for Netflix. Mm-hmm. will actually create different profiles, but they're all in their account. So you might have like one right. profile where you watch all of your horror movies, which you've talked about on the show that you love horror movies. Right. And then another profile where you watch all of your comedies or whatever to really get that truly personalized experience, almost by genre, you can do that. I've never even thought about doing that. Yeah. That is a good idea. Pretty crazy, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about just some of our faves on Netflix. Some of the things you talked about, The Office and Friends. Mm -hmm. Are there any other 90s shows that you love to go back and revisit on there or other categories that you're just like, I am such a sucker for this category. I will always turn this on. Well, you know, earlier in the year, Netflix had all of the scrub seasons on and now it's not on there anymore. I was so mad and sad. I was too. I love scrubs. They had had scrubs on for a long time. They They had it on when I was in college. So I think I was like a senior and then like well into my teaching years, it was still on. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's not on anymore. I can catch it on Comedy Central in the mornings. Okay. For those awesome listeners that still have cable and like scrubs. That's good to know. I've watched the first season of Fuller House. Okay. I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as the original. Okay. That's a good question because yeah, some of what they've been doing is kind of taking this nostalgia stuff. Mm-hmm nostalgia shows and doing reboots and reimaginations of it. Right. So you only did the first season of Fuller House then? Yes. Only the first season. I just, you know, it it was just too different for me. I will tell you one sort of reboot that they did that I think is fantastic. And I hardly ever hear people talking about it. And that's One Day at a Time. Okay. Yeah. Have you watched the reboot of it on Netflix? No, I haven't. So, you know, One Day at a Time came on what? 70s, 80s originally. I'm sure there there are awesomes out there that are correcting me as I speak. (laughs) Seems like (laughs) it was that general time frame. But the reboot is so interesting because first of all, it is a Latino family instead of a white family. And so it brings in a really interesting cultural dynamic that the original one didn't have. Mm -hmm. I think it does a really good job of blending in a way. It's such a great callback to what sitcoms used to be because it is funny. It's definitely comedic. There's Mm -hmm. jokes and there's like a laugh track and so reminiscent of what sitcoms used to be like. So you really get that nostalgia experience. They also do this thing that sitcoms used to do, which is kind of tackle issues. So there's like LBGT issues and the mom in the show is like a single mom, but she's also a veteran. So like talking about veteran issues, do you remember like family ties and growing pains? And yes, sitcoms of our youth, I feel like did that thing where it was funny, but then they'd have like the quote unquote, like issue episodes or whatever. Oh, yes, where they were kind of tackling an issue that was relevant in pop culture at the time. And I just right. think it is so fascinating that in this sort of new imagination of one day at a time, that they're kind of bringing that thing back. You get nostalgia on a couple of levels. Because mm-hmm. of that, because of that blend, you know, like sitcoms now, if, for example, The Office, they're not really going to tackle issues per se. Right. It's right. mostly just for fun and funny and for Absolutely. comedy. Absolutely. But that was a surprising one. And I do feel like nobody ever talks about it, but I think it's really well done and really fun if you like that, you know, sort of flashback TV. Sure. I'm going to have to add that to my list. Now, Kyle wants me to say that he thinks, I've asked what he thinks is a great show that's on Netflix not even necessarily Netflix originals, but that you could watch on Netflix that nobody ever talks about. Mm -hmm. He wants me to say The 100. Okay. Have you ever heard of this one? I have not heard of that. It's not really, you and I are different. You like more realistic. We Mm -hmm. kind of tend more towards like sci-fi type stuff or Mm -hmm. supernatural stuff. So The 100 is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi series. Okay. It's very intense. It imagines a world, like I said, after an apocalypse, but there's some very strong sci-fi things happening. Super intense, but it's kind of one of those stories like The Walking Dead in that eventually it becomes less about the sort of terror of whatever the situation is. And it becomes much more about 
the storylines, the people, the characters, their relationships with each other and how they're dealing with the craziness that they have found themselves in. Okay. So he wanted me to say, if you like stuff like that, <laughs> check out the 100 because he thinks yeah. it's such a great show and nobody ever watches or talks about watching now it. Now do you all watch it together? He will watch it. I will read. It's a little intense for me, mm-hmm. but not to the point where I have to put earbuds in. <laughs> right. That's funny. So, so well, anyway. I will tell you, there is one show. Now, it's not a Netflix original. It's on Showtime, but Netflix has. I knew you were going to mention this. I knew it. How did you know? Oh, my gosh. Because you're constantly trying to get me to watch oh, it. I'm like, no, I can't. It's, it's too stressful. so good. Okay, okay. so shameless. Shameless. I will always love Shameless. Now, let me tell you, there is a reason why it is called Shameless. Uh huh. You see everything. You see boobies a lot. There is a lot of just <laughs> poverty everywhere. It's a mess. It's dysfunctional, but I absolutely love it. And I oh never hear. Now, one of my friends at work, she loves it. We talk about it all the time, but Ugh. no one else watches it. It's so stressful, Emily. Have you seen one episode of it? I couldn't even make it through one episode. I have tried it. It is that bad. You went on a campaign to try to get to me and watch it. Like every three days, you'd be like, have you watched Shameless yet? When are you going to watch Shameless? Can you please, please, please check out Shameless? Now, listen, 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 everybody, let's be super clear. As I said before at the top of the show, one of my favorite series ever is True Blood. It's not that I have delicate tastes when it comes to my entertainment. I can only handle stuff like that in a non-realistic context. But (laughs) I feel like Shameless is so real. It is super real. In some way, so gritty, real life. Yes. It's obviously a very well done show. I've heard it's extremely well written, well acted, Mm -hmm. all of those things. Mm -hmm. But like on a personal level, it's so real that I'm just like, I cannot. But you love that stuff. Oh my gosh. You know, some of the things that happen in the show happen to people all the time every day. And that's mm-hmm. probably why it stresses you out the most. Yes. And I don't even really think about it like that. It's just the evolution of the characters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the spot on portrayal of alcoholism. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm yeah. all in. I am all in. Oh, Awesome. So if you love Shameless, raise your hand and then come find my sister. Talk to me because I just love talking about it. Please, someone talk to her about it so she can stop asking me to watch (laughs) it. There we go. (laughs) I just can't. And again, I can handle intensity and to some extent nudity and violence and bad language if it's like, oh, but these are vampires. So who cares? (laughs) It's not real. This could not happen. Not real. That's how you and I are so different is, you know, I cannot get into sci-fi stuff. I tried three times, three times to get into Stranger Things. And I was like, this is dumb. I don't get it. I don't care about monsters. This is dumb. I'm not doing this. I can't do this. It is one of the great heartbreaks of my life that you will not watch Stranger Things so we can talk about it. Yeah. You know, my friend, Nish Wyseth and I, we did that whole extra awesome about Stranger Things 1 and 2. Right. To this day, I can still talk about it. I love that series so much. <laughs> we just don't dive on that thing. But it's true. Yes. You like what you like. And I like yeah. what I like. And that's... Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's move oh, on. Goodness. Yes. <laughs> Since now we're starting to talk about all of our differences about Netflix. Yeah. Awesomes, you know how we always have so much fun around here talking about what is on trend, what is hot for the season that we're in. And I have to tell you, I have found a secret to shopping the hottest trends without breaking the bank. It's shoedazzle.com. And I also found out I can save 30% off retail as a Shoe Dazzle VIP. Shoe Dazzle is the club for the shoe obsessed, but it's not just shoes. Millions of women say Shoe Dazzle is their one-stop shop for all things trendy 
including clothing, accessories, and handbags. So whether I'm looking for a new pair of boots or a perfect pair of tote booties, sweaters, or a new pair of jeans, Shoe Dazzle has everything I need for fall and winter. Now at Shoe Dazzle, you can shop as a guest or become a VIP. And let me tell you, the VIP membership is by far the best way to go. VIPs save 30% off most retail prices all day, every day. Plus they get free shipping and returns. And we have access to tons of other exclusive sales and perks. I have to tell you all that I found the most darling pair of cowgirl inspired boots at Shoe Dazzle. The Wild Dina boots, I got them in cognac. They go with everything for fall and winter. And it's so much fun at Shoe Dazzle because when you visit the site for the first time, you're given a style quiz so Shoe Dazzle can personalize your shopping experience. Don't forget to select VIP membership at checkout. It's a totally flexible membership. So each month you can choose whether you want to shop that month or skip the month. Shoe Dazzle releases hot new styles every week, so you'll never wonder, what should I wear again? And guess what? Shoe Dazzle wants you to discover the awesomeness of the VIP membership. So when you go to shoedazzle.com slash awesome right now and sign up as a VIP, you're going to get 50% off of your first order. That's shoedazzle.com slash awesome to get half off of everything on the site. Do it today because the hottest styles sell out fast. Shoedazzle.com slash awesome. I'm glad you brought that up about Stranger Things because I wanted to ask you, are you a binge finisher or a binge abandoner? Which is to say, you know, a lot of times in reading, we talk about like, is it okay to quit a book? Some people Mm -hmm. feel really devoted, like, okay, if I start a book, I'm going to see it through to the end, even if I hate it. Other people are like, no, life's too short. If you don't like it, put it down, walk away. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Netflix and you're starting up a show, are you a finisher or an abandoner? Well, if you don't like it or if it's not even your thing. Okay. If I don't like it, I am a total abandoner. Okay. I will tell you that when I first started watching this staircase, I was like, this is boring. Like this is the gold standard of true crime. I was so bored. And then my friend Jenny was like, you know what? Keep going. Write it through. Yes. And it got better. It got so much better. Okay. That's so good when you have somebody who can tell you get to this point. Right. I feel like I do that with every person, you know, I've talked about the AMC show turn on here a million times Mm -hmm. because I love that series. Oh, right. I still hold it so close to my heart. However, we almost quit a couple of episodes into the first season because there's so much backstory. Right. Even though it's revolutionary American history, most of us don't know that much about the revolutionary war, the actual history. So there's so much backstory. There's so much character building. The first few episodes are boring. They are. Mm -hmm. That's one that I'm glad that we powered through and got through because by the end of season one, we were all in. So when I recommend turn, I always tell people like get through season one. And if you hate it by the end of season one, then maybe it's not for you. Mm -hmm. But that's so good when you can have somebody who tells you like get to this point. Right. Absolutely. And then you'll be in, or then you'll at least know if it's for you or not. Yes. Like the making of a murderer. I didn't finish. Yes. You didn't finish it? I didn't finish it. Oh my gosh. Why? I kept trying to watch it and I was like, this is not interesting me. And you know how much I, I love true crime. You're a bigger true crime junkie than I am. Oh my gosh. It wasn't my thing. I was like, this is so complex and confusing. And I don't know. It was so weird. And that's probably, honestly, the only true crime story that I haven't finished. Interesting. I mean, it's and, a little slow in places. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt. There's some place it moves pretty slowly. That's fascinating. I didn't realize you didn't finish it. Hmm. Yeah. I tend to be a finisher, sometimes reluctantly. Kyle is a super dedicated finisher. <laughs> like even if he doesn't like it? I mean, like if we both agree, like this is a waste of time. If we both mm-hmm. are like, no... Or even if it gets like offensive or something, then we right. will, okay, we're out on this yeah. one. He is a more dedicated finisher than I am. And so there've been some series that I'm like, I personally wouldn't have finished it, but okay, this is our <laughs> evening Netflix time. I guess I'm in, whatever. Right. We are watching a show right now. <laughs> this is so us. I think it's a CW show. It's called The Originals. It's a vampire werewolf show. Okay. <laughs> Emily, you go through Netflix lulls, right? When you're like, you well, I've gotten to the end of Netflix. Now I have right. nothing to watch. Right. Well, we were kind of there. Netflix had kept telling us, hey, guys, you know how you like vampire shows? How about The Originals? 
And we had never pushed play on it. And then so finally, we were in a little bit of a dry spot and we we're like, okay, let's watch the originals. Well, okay, there's like six seasons of it. And they're, it's since it's network TV, they're like, you know, 20 episode seasons. Right. So we started watching it. It's fine. It's entertaining. I mean, it's not changing the world. It's not going to be like on my top 10 list of favorite series ever. In the meantime, because that's a lot of TV to watch, that you is guys. So much TV to watch. Six seasons of network TV is a lot. In the meantime, other shows, you know, season two of like Ozark has come out. Right. You know, other seasons of shows that we really like have come out. Iron Fist, which is one of, you know, in the Marvel universe, Kyle really likes all the Marvel shows on Netflix. Another season of that has dropped. I'm like, why don't we? And he's like, nope, we have to finish. He's like, we have to finish <laughs> we the have original. To power through. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good wife. Oh my God. I mean, again, it's fine. It's a totally right. fine show. And right. I'm actually not all that invested in these other shows that have dropped, but it's just funny to me. He's like a very loyal person he when it is. comes to his entertainment. So, man. Yeah, exactly. So I'll be curious to hear if other people are binge finishers or binge abandoners right. and what their feelings are about that. So some other things that can make Netflix more happy, more awesome to watch if you do know if you're going to give yourself permission to abandon a binge or not. <laughs> Another way to make it awesome, and I'm so curious how many other people do this, is finding your favorite resource for what's coming to Netflix oh, yes. this month. Because, do you do this? Yeah, because there's no way that you can, I mean, Netflix is so full. There's no yes. way that you can just use their website right. to find stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so towards the end of each month, I will start like Googling mm -hmm. coming to Netflix October 2018 and see what comes up. Absolutely. Do you have a particular media resource or whatever that you usually go to? Like, oh, I always know the bustle list, right. for example, is going to be good or whatever. Do you have one that you kind of turn to or is it just whatever comes up in your Google resource? I do. I go to Forbes.com. Forbes? Yes. <gasps> That's a surprise. I would not have guessed I that. No, but they have all of the, you know, what's leaving and what's coming for yeah. Netflix every month. And that's, oh my gosh, the one website that I really tend to rely on the most. Yeah. Speaking of, it just reminded me when you said that, I forgot I was going to ask you about Netflix bummers. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is the not so happy and not so awesome part of Netflix, but we kind of touched on this with them taking scrubs right. off. Another heartbreak for us was there's a show that had only two seasons, came on NBC around 2007. Mm -hmm. It was called Life. Mm -hmm. Starred Damian Lewis, who's one of our favorite actors. Mm -hmm. It starred him as a police detective who had been wrongly in prison, actually, for 10 years. Right. One of our very favorite shows. It was one of Kyle's go-to-sleep shows. And so, again, that's another show I know practically the whole dialogue for. We loved it so much when it was on. We loved it on Netflix. When they took that off, I'm not kidding. I felt genuine sadness in my heart. Yes. yes. I know. That was a really good yes. show. And, you know, so... NBC is so bad about canceling really good shows. And then yes, they took it off of that works. I know. Such a bummer. Oof. Okay. Such well, anyway, so I do like to get those lists. What's coming to Netflix and then also what's leaving. If you are like, oh my gosh, they're taking my favorite movie off or my favorite right. show off. You can try to watch it exactly. a few more times before it's gone. Exactly. I do like the Bessel list usually. Another one, I go to vulture.com a lot for all kinds of entertainment stuff. Mm -hmm. I like the recaps there. They usually have really good Netflix lists, I feel like. Yeah. Another one that's really good for movies that you can check out from time to time is Rotten Tomatoes, yes. which obviously they are best known for having ratings on current movies that are in theaters. But you can kind of usually dig around on their site and find a list for like right now, like fall 2018. What are the best movies that are on Netflix? Because you guys, we have to talk about the fact that sometimes there's just a whole bunch of crap. I know. On Netflix. Netflix. You're like sorting through and you're like, really, <laughs> Netflix, this movie from 1996, this is what you think I'd be interested in watching. That's so true. So there's so much on there. But Rotten Tomatoes, if you like to watch actual movies, I think, and I'll put a link in the show notes for the one for fall 2018, because they go through all of the whole catalog and find the actual good, right. solid movies that if you're going to watch a movie on Netflix, here's right. some to check out. So that's a really good one, I feel that's like. True. So yeah, I always do that. I'm so glad to know I'm not the only one. I feel like such a dork every time, but I'll be like, oh, golly, it's the end of the month. I got to find out what's coming to Netflix. Absolutely. I do it every month. What's leaping? Okay. I thought it would be really fun if we wrapped up by talking about 
you know, maybe sometimes you get settled in, show that you're binge watching or you're going to watch a great movie and you need a little snack mm, to keep you company. Snacks. What are some of your favorite snacky snacks? That's what we call them in our family. Snacks. <laughs> so I have a classic go-to. Anybody can make it. It's super easy. It's just nachos. Oh, Now, I do have a couple of rules when I make my nachos. Okay, let's hear your nachos rules. So two things you have to do to make a really good plate of nachos is I shred my own cheese. I do not use pre-shredded cheese because it's got all that white stuff on it to keep it, you know, from clumping together. So I shred my own cheese. Oh, my goodness. And I make two layers. So I'll make a layer of chips, a layer of cheese, and then I'll do it again. And there we go. It's perfect. Damn it. How have you never made me a plate of nachos? Why? Yeah, why is that? I feel so like... Devastated right now. <laughs> Probably because y'all don't eat carbs. <laughs> Let me make some, we make exceptions when it comes to snacking snacks for Netflix for sure. That sounds really good. My stomach is rumbling right now. Oh, it's, it's like ten thirty so in the morning, and I'm like, you know, I could go for some nachos. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Let's hear well, I think you can probably guess yes. that in our house, we do enjoy our stovetop popcorn. Yes, you do. We do eat some carbs sometimes, yes, even though true. we do try to keep it kind of low sugar, low carb for the most part. We do that so that you can really, you know, just go crazy and enjoy a fun treat and right. fun snack. And so popcorn is something that Kyle always asks me to make. Now, we've kind of talked about this. Emily can testify to the truth of this, that when it comes to actual meals, Kyle does like, I don't know, 95% the cooking and meal prep, you know? He does. He is such a good cook. Such a good cook. He likes to cook. It works out to where he makes most of our evening meals. But there are a few things in our life that he always asks me to make. One of them is my chocolate cake, which I have shared on the show before. He likes when I make grilled cheese sandwiches, if we are, you know, having like a sandwich break or whatever. But he always asked me to make popcorn. I'm always like, you know, I could just teach you how to do this. It's not hard. And he's like, no, no, don't teach me. Only good when you make it. You have to do it. So that's the funny. key to making stovetop popcorn. Again, it's a super simple thing, but I like to do it in a big stock pot. We have a big, you know, like stainless steel, I guess it is, mm-hmm. stock pot. I put that on the burner, put it on like medium. I do a tablespoon of coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might think, oh, coconut oil, that's to make it healthier. No, maybe, but mostly it's to make it tastier. Right. Just the slightest, like almost imperceptible amount of sweetness to popcorn, I feel like, when you pop it in coconut oil. So I do a tablespoon of coconut oil in the bottom of the stock pot, let it get nice and melted. And then I take a half cup of popcorn kernels and I pour them in put the lid on the stock pot until it starts popping. And then once it starts popping, kind of vent it a little bit so that some of the steam can escape because you don't want soggy popcorn. Let it pop. And it's just like listening. You know, when you do a microwave popcorn, you listen like on the bag, it's like, listen until there's three seconds in between pops. Well, as it turns out, that's a good universal rule about popcorn. So give it a shake a little bit as it's popping, but listen until it stops, gets down to that point where it's three seconds between pops, pull it off the heat, We like to put it in a big bowl and then we do melted real butter and sea salt over the top. And there you go. Perfect Perfect Netflix snack. The kids will sometimes add their own stuff. AJ is obsessed with adding Parmesan cheese, just like your standard grated Parmesan cheese. She loves to do that on popcorn. The kids also like it when I do like a little, like a sugar and cinnamon blend Mm, over the top, make it a little sweet. So yeah, perfect. So easy. Okay, so hopefully this has been a fun journey through the awesome of Netflix, you guys. I hope that you've enjoyed this because, again, truly authentic to Emily and I's real life text and phone calls and boxes. A lot of it has to do with Netflix. True true story. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still looking forward to October on Sword of Awesome because we have some really fun pop culture-y stuff coming up. So, Emily, I know that you are obviously active in the Hangout group. In fact, you're one of our moderators over there helping keep everybody in line. Not that there's anything to do because our community is so awesome. Besides the Hangout group, where can we find you for all of these follow-up conversations? 
So I'm also on Instagram. My screen name is Emily34331. Perfect. If you want to talk about Shameless, again, somebody go talk to her about that. (laughs) Absolutely. That's probably the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Or anything Netflix related, you can find Emily. We are going to have some really fun conversations, I think, in the Hangout community after this. Just as a reminder, if you want to find me on social media, I'm at Sorta Awesome Meg and all the places. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod, and you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Emily, thank you for taking the time to come back to Sorta Awesome. It's always so fun to have you on the show. It is. I totally agree. All right, Awesomes. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.